we gotta, then we got to go to the market. We got to get ourselves a couple of those big strings. You know they string that garlic? A couple big strings of garlic. We got to get ourselves some fresh lamb's blood. And then we got to... Ray, do you want him to take your family, kidnap them, tear their livers out, and make some kind of satanic pate? Ray, you're chanting. Ray, Ray, look. Ray, unconscious chanting. You're chanting. I want to kill everyone. Satan is good. Satan is our pal. Ray, Ray, you're chanting. Hey, once they get in here, it's over, pal. Welcome to My Bleeding Ears Podcast. This is episode 108. With me today is Jesslyn. Hello. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> Sorry. I'm here. I'm here. Yeah, we've been away for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a little vacation. Well, you had work vacation. Work then vacation. Then birthday. Yes. Then it was wonderful. You, yeah. And you got some ink. I got inked. We got inked. We got matching tattoos to mm-hmm. make uh, our love even more disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Secret of Nim tattoos. Uh, Explain what they are. Um, So we did an episode of The Secret of Nim because we both loved that movie when we were kids. And I joke that it's my gateway to horror because it's kind of a scary movie, as many 80s cartoons were. Um, They're very censored now. They're not scary at all. Uh, And it's there's one character named Jeremy. He's a crow and he feathers his nest, so to speak, with string, colorful string, because he wants to attract a mate. And yada, yada, yada. At the end of the movie, he does meet a crow who's totally into all the string. And they fly away holding string. And so you and I got little tiny tattoos of two birds holding red and blue string. And our red and blue string is flip-flops. So they're not completely matching. Right, yes. Yeah. Colors are a little different. Colors are a little different. They're in different places. Yeah. We uh, yeah we went to San Diego. San Diego was nice. Yes, it was really great. Yeah. Um, then I got sick because I think... Uh, right before I left to meet Jesslyn in San Diego, I went to the C2E2, or the oh, yeah. Chicago Comic and Entertainment Expo. Talk about that. Which, uh, it started early this year. Usually it's in March or April, and they keep pushing it back and mm-hmm. back and back. So, um, I went all three days, and I'm pretty sure I got the con flu It's lucky there. that they did push it back, or it may have been canceled. Yeah, they may yeah. have canceled it. That's, I, I didn't even think of that. <clears throat> yeah. So, with this whole coronavirus going around and everything, yeah. they're, they're shutting down everything here in Chicago, it That's, seems like. <laughs> I work kind of in medical administration, sort of. It's more complicated than that. I'm, I work in an office, but it's definitely affecting us. That's why I left work so late. Uh, they canceled St. Patty's Day on Saturday... That's in Chicago. Yeah, the, all the parades. I never thought that would happen. Yeah. So I got some sort of flu from there or yeah. cold or whatever. And Probably it, not the coronavirus. No, no, no. It seems like that's kind of worse. I don't yeah. Know. Maybe, maybe not for you because you're 39 and not 60 plus. Right. So yeah, yeah. you'd kick it. Exactly, yes. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a fun experience. A lot of shopping. I bought a lot of shit. 
And then I met Jessalyn that Sunday night in San Diego. And, in a one-bedroom suite on the uh, beach in a resort. It was really nice. It was, it was a really nice really time. really nice, yeah. And, yeah, I just started to get sick there and carried over. And we didn't do an episode last week. I wanted to, but I was sick. You were you know, coughing but, a lot, yeah. yeah it, this is the third time I've been sick. And every single time is from, like, a convention, it seems like. Mm-hmm. I just get sick. Around all these filthy fucking people. Buckets of disease at yeah. that place, yeah. So, yeah, so that's why it's taken a while for us to, to come back on air. Mm-hmm. Other news is that we are starting to stream new podcasts on my uh, my account. So yes. we have um, one of our usual guests on here, Tyrell, has his own podcast. It's called The Big Box Movie Club. Mm-hmm. And they really review really fucking shitty movies from the 70s and 80s like uh action movies mostly and some horror but uh he was only putting up a certain amount of episodes and then taking them down because he only had uh like a certain account from where Mm -hmm. he loads his stuff so i told him like hey man why don't you just start loading some of your stuff on here because like i haven't listened to some of these earlier episodes they're gone now so why don't you just start uploading them so he's gonna start uploading a few more he uploaded his first one and um I think from now on, um, there are four, well, he has two different podcasts. I'm going to ask him if he wants to put his other one up here, too. Mm -hmm. It's Drawing Conversations, he does, because he's an artist. So I think I'm going to change the name to My Bleeding Ears Podcast Network. So where, because I have now three different podcasts that I stream on my account here. Yeah. Uh, The Pinheads of Horror, this one, and the Big Box Movie Club now. So. Mm -hmm. Uh, we're going to have a lot more to listen to coming up in the next few months. We're going to just keep uploading um, some older podcasts to Tyrell, and uh, we'll build from that. We're going to have a lot more to listen to, so a lot more variety on the channel. So please, check some of his stuff out. It's it's pretty funny. I think, please uh, do, yeah. Yeah, it's a good time. So, uh, cool. Uh, all right, let's get into some movies. Let's about do that. it. What do we got first? So the first movie that we're going to talk about is Jojo Rabbit, which we uh, finally uh, saw because yes. it was available to rent. Yes. Well, of course, you know, as soon as we start the podcast, we have these old-ass, uh, like, steam fucking uh, yeah. heaters. <laughs> and they're loud as hell because I'm sure this building's very old. Real and, old. And so, yeah, you're going to hear some clanging around like someone's knocking r2d2 over the head yeah it's we may hear that so thousand year old radiators so yeah. yeah it just just happens every time i want to record something it's mm-hmm. either that or there's a woman outside who owns five dogs who's, who yeah. speaks very loudly she's a crazy person chloe chloe <laughs> yeah that's all i hear discipline that she's dog, not listening you to this podcast yeah, i'm sorry lady you were a crazy person yeah you're nuts uh so yeah <laughs> so, jojo rabbit jojo yeah. rabbit a young boy in hitler's army finds out his mother is hiding a Jewish girl in their home. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is directed and written by Taika uh, Waititi? Uh, his, he ad- adapted. Adapted from a novel, Cajun right. Skies. You're right, yes. yes. So uh, and he actually won the Oscar for adapted screenplay for mm-hmm. this movie. I liked this one a lot. I thought it was really good. I loved it. And I'll be honest, I had no idea what to expect. Because when you make a quote-unquote comedy about Nazis. It's like, all right, what is this? But I love Taika Waititi, so I trusted that I was going to see something great, and he did not disappoint. Yes, it was a lot of humor in it. It was was funny. It was done well. It was done right. I cried a lot at the end, but it's a happy ending. It is, yes. Yeah. 
Scarlett Johansson is actually really good in this movie, too. I think she continues she, to impress me. Yeah, she really here. does. Yeah. So she's really good. The kid's good in this movie. Mm-hmm. Everyone's really good in this movie. And it's hilarious. So I, yeah. I definitely, you definitely need to check this one out. If you haven't already, it's been out for a while now. And yeah. We didn't catch it in the theaters. Uh, we've been kind of staying away from the theaters lately. We yeah. haven't been. And, and with this December. movie in particular, I didn't really want to say anything more about it because you've got to see it. I don't want to ruin anything for right. you. You yes. really need to see it. But yeah, sorry, getting back to the theaters. Yeah. The theater experience is, is easy to avoid it these is. days. Yeah. Now with the the uh, coronavirus going around, Especially it's going to be with even that. easier. Yeah, I mean, the people around us were filthy enough. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So I, I really don't miss the theater all that much. I do sometimes. Like I, I do love that experience, but more times, more often than not, it's a shitty experience. Lately, I've just felt obligated to go because I want to talk about recent movies on our podcast. That's yeah. what it is. Same yeah. here, yeah. Or, or else I could usually wait. Yeah, me too. But now I can just wait even longer. But yeah, check out Jojo Rabbit. Yes. It's a, it's a really good time. It's uh, very good, yes. Next. Knives Out. Knives now, Out. I already saw this movie. I saw it in the theaters, actually. Um, behind, um, there were a bunch of really annoying people behind me who had never seen a movie before. Uh, really? Talking about the the movie going experience, yes. Like what was what, what the hell was wrong with them? Oh, I don't. It was so long ago because how <laughs> long ago was Knives Out in the theaters? I just remember thinking in my head that they were yokels, and I li- I grew up in a town of less than ten thousand people, so I get to use that term, <laughs> yokels who had never seen a movie before, like were constantly surprised out loud verbally <laughs> at everything that was happening. Because it is a murder mystery, like a fun, clue-like murder right, mystery yeah. that unfolds mm-hmm. as things go on. So that was my experience. And Knives Out, you've probably seen it, but a, te- a detective investigates the death of a patriarch of an eccentric, combative family. Hmm. I think we can ruin it now. It came out a while ago. Yeah, go for it. Ruin it. So it's this rich family. Their patriarch dies. Um, uh, Ana de Armas, your yeah, girl. That's my, yeah. Almas. Armas. Armas, yes. Um, she was his nurse. Um, she loved him very much, and you suspect the whole time that maybe it was her who killed him, but you actually find out the story is actually unfolded for you mm-hmm. right in front of you, and, yes. and it's all the truth, because part of you thinks, am I watching a Clue movie where I find out at the end that the narration was unreliable mm-hmm. and that I had been lied to this entire time. No, it's all true. Everything that unfolds uh, that you see in flashbacks is correct. Uh, and I'm going to blow it. Are you guys ready? Turn it off. Don't turn it off. Just pause it. Or pause yeah. it um, for like, I don't know, a minute. Yeah, sure. Uh, Ransom Drysdale, played by Chris Evans, did it. He did it. Yes. <laughs> and I-, I was even fooled. There was a while where I was like, I really don't think he did it. Mm-hmm. He did. He is definitely a guy. Oh, except not really. It's more complicated than that. Watch Knives Out. It's really good. It, it is enjoyable. I had yeah. a good time. I think it was a little too hyped up for me. See, and that's why I didn't want to talk to you yeah. about it at all. And by the time we watched it, I knew that it was too late. It had yeah. been too long. It was too hyped up for yeah. me. I liked it. I did. Yeah. But I saw a lot of praise for the movie. And, of course, it intrigued me. But it yeah. took it took me way too long to see it. But it was still, it was still good. I enjoyed it it's a lot. still very fun. Yeah. And I believe they're going to continue <laughs> on with uh, Daniel Craig as the investigator in this movie. They're going to make a sequel. 
I believe it might be on like a train or something. So oh, see, I didn't find him to be the strongest character. So I'm kind of disappointed they're going to keep going with him. He was fine. Yeah, he was good in it. Yeah. I had a good time watching it. Um, um what else? Uh, yeah, so good. Check that one out too. Yeah. Uh, Chris Evans is really not interested in being Captain America anymore. That's good. clear. Good. He shouldn't yeah. be. He, mm-hmm. he should, he's been wanting not to be Captain America for a very long right. time. So he wants to do directing and different acting and everything and not just have to work out all the time. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Knives Out. Check it out. The next movie is a movie that I saw on the flight to California to work. And it's called The Intruder. Yeah. This is the same guy who did The Perfect Guy and the remake of Jacob's Ladder. Uh, Dion Taylor directed, starring Michael Ely again, who was in both of those movies, yes. And Dennis Quaid, who apparently is putting some of his kids through college. Yeah, he really a paycheck. needs some money. And Megan Good, who I always enjoy. Um, it's, I mean, it's exactly what I expected it to be. It does kind of surprise me at the end, so I will say... Check it out. Oh, really? Um, I feel like the end was a little ill-conceived, because when it happens, I'm like, ooh, this is not going to end well. So here, you're not going to see it, so I'll just tell you. <laughs> They're terrorized. The Michael Ely and Megan Good buy a house from Dennis Quaid. Guess what? He's crazy. He never moved out of the house. He's been living in the basement, like, stalking them. He shows up all the time. <laughs> they finally, like, beat the shit out of him, um, and then they have him cornered. He's very injured. Megan Good calls the police, and Michael Ely has a shotgun, and the whole time he's been talking about how much he hates guns. He doesn't want guns in his house uh, because his brother was killed by a gun. If you don't know, Megan Good and Michael Ely are black, so this is a okay. thing. This yeah. is some uh, political thing, social injustice thing that this director is putting into it. So they call the police, and Megan Good goes, we just shot an intruder. And then they shoot Dennis Quaid in the face. Oh. The end. So that surprised me. But then I also thought, oh, no, you guys, because of social injustice, this is a bad idea. You just shot an old rich white guy. Um, so not great. Exactly what I expected. Surprising ending. Except for you, because I just told you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I really don't give a fuck about yeah. this movie at all. I'm happy you watched it without me. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that one. Next up, we caught up on some Into the Dark movies, the Hulu yes, series. We, did. we fell a little bit behind. Uh, the the Valentine's Day one was called My Valentine, and that one is about I know, right? I don't even fucking remember. <laughs> yeah, really. I, I know. It was a while ago. We haven't done a podcast in a while. Yeah. Um, Into the Dark, My Valentine is the one where she's a singer. She's a performer. Oh, yes, yes, yes. And she gets with this guy who's supposed to be producing her music, and then he's violent, and so she decides to break up with him, and he creates a pop star with her exact image and steals all of her songs. Yes. Um, It's essentially about being in an abusive relationship and getting out of it. Uh, It's an up-all-night movie. Yeah. Uh, and I enjoyed it. I, I liked it too. Yeah. You know, it took me a minute here to remember what the right. fuck it was about. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. was I, I enjoyed this one too. It was. It wasn't the greatest, but it. No. It was definitely coherent, and you can definitely get behind some of the characters in this movie. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. If you're into the Into the Dark series, then this is one of the better ones because Agreed. there's never ones that completely suck, but there's never mm-hmm. ones that are fucking awesome. There is one, but well, you, you like haven't that seen one, it. yeah. But uh, um, 
Yeah, I've seen it though. It was the one with the the women who uh, on New Year's. No, I like that one. Oh, you're talking no. about the one that really sucks. The, there's one in an elevator. I forget what it's oh, yeah. down. No, That's what it's called. That, that one sucks. But yeah, the they're kind of like right in the middle. They're 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 passable at the least, and pretty decent, pretty good at the most. I yeah. Would say. I agree. None of them, like, blew me away, but some of them surprised me as a straight-to-VOD movie. I think these are more like... Series. Yeah, these yeah. are like sci-fi channel movies, yeah. but put on Hulu so they can show, like, gore and cussing and everything right. at any Sex. point in time. Yeah. yeah, they can do all that. Although, I don't think I've ever seen any, any nudity in these movies. It's all just been Guess language and violence. Se. But there's a lot of sex in Midnight Kiss. But no, I didn't see any dicks. That's yeah. true. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I... This one was all right. I, I enjoyed it. It was pretty good. And I just said five different things about how I felt about this movie. <laughs> Check this one out. Check it out. Uh, are you going to talk about another one that we watched, too? Yeah, there were actually two more. Two more, one okay. One of them I really don't remember. Well, let's talk about the ones we do remember. Yeah. Crawlers. Yeah. Uh, that one just That's came out... That's one I don't remember. A few days... Uh, it came out, like, maybe a week ago, I want to say... And it's the St. Patrick's Day one. Um, this one I was not a fan of. They had a message in this movie, but oh. unfortunately they forgot story and horror yeah. along with it. That's why I forgot all about this one. And yeah, we watched yeah. it less than a week ago and mm-hmm. you already forgot about it. It's it's very cheaply done. Mm-hmm. Like There's so much more they could have done with this this movie. This one's about uh, an alien invasion that happened, or, or an alien crashed on Earth 40 years ago on St. Patrick's Day, and now the aliens have come to life and are now taking the form of humans by right. biting them. Mm-hmm. And then they're able to transform into that human. Yeah. Um, which sounds cool, and yeah, and that's that's fine, and that works and everything, and that, that's a great premise. But what they 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 implemented, um, like uh, toxic relationships. Yes. And uh, uh, what you call it? Uh, yeah. Sexual like, harassment and, and and date rape. Date I rape. remember this one now. Yeah. So the main character believes that something happened to her. Possibly she was raped at this uh, fraternity house. Yes. And. So I feel like it's a strong opening, like, oh, this is going to be commentary on, it's a St. Patrick's Day movie yeah. about date rape. Yes. Very apropos, something I'd be really interested interested in. And then, yeah, it kind of falls apart at the end. It does. And you can see throughout this movie how cheaply it's made. Yeah. And, um, like, you, you don't, you hear the monsters a lot more when they should be showing them. Yeah. Uh, it just... It, it was, it was done very cheaply, and they could have made it so much better if they threw in a little more money, got some more extras in there, and maybe a few more characters that we actually liked, because mm-hmm. all of them, I mean, were, were somewhat unlikable, yeah. and they try and justify certain things in the movie, and it just really doesn't fit. They were going for something, and it just gets muddled at the middle. They, they had a message in it, and for the first half hour, they beat you over the head with this message, and they forgot to incorporate horror into it yeah and i feel like the producers walked in in the middle and they were like you know could we lose the date rape theme altogether (laughs) so maybe i don't blame the writer director right yeah 
And so I was a bit confused about the name of this movie. Like, yeah. Crawlers, what the fuck is crawling in this right. movie? And it's just about pub crawls, because mm-hmm. this is what's happening. All these, these college kids are doing pub crawls, and while that's happening, they're also being infected and transformed into... Well, they're not being transformed. The, the, the people, uh, the aliens who bite them are being able to change into them and right. kill them or feed them to their leader or whatever. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's... that's uh, it would have been fine. I, this movie would have been fine, but it was just not well done. Yeah, it really it's okay. wasn't. I wanted it. To, I wanted it to work. I was hoping it would work. But... Me too. I was excited about tackling an issue like this yeah. and making it a horror movie. But first half hour, nothing happens. Yeah. So it, it really killed the mood for me in this one. So. And for me, there was just no payoff. Like. Yeah, there was really very was no interesting payoff. premise. Mm-hmm. No payoff. Right. Yeah. So yeah, don't check this one out. I would. I would pass on it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I thought they would pump a little more money into these, but this one was just was cheap. Yeah. And toxic relationships and stuff. Right. Day rape. <laughs> well, to toxic fair, relationships, yeah. too, mm-hmm. and that's a big part of this movie. Toxic female relationships. Yes. That's true. And that's another thing that never gets touched on. It's part of why I love the craft so much and mm-hmm. Jennifer's body so much. Mm-hmm. Because you don't see toxic female relationships. You don't analyze things like that or dissect them in movies. There are very few who do that. Like Jennifer's yes. body, the craft, those were both kind of before their time, I think. Yes. And that's, I had high hopes for this one, and that's not how it worked out. Yeah. Unfortunately, no. Okay, our next one. The last one is also an Into the Dark, and we watched this one so long ago, and it was so forgettable that I had to quickly look it up, like, <laughs> what was this even about? School Spirit. So it's like a Breakfast Club horror movie. Yes. This is, they're in Saturday detention, yes, and someone right. keeps picking them off. Uh, the principal kind of, or the vice principal of this movie kind of looks like a friend of mine, and I just couldn't get out of my head the whole movie. <laughs> and he's actually a teacher, too, so it's funny. That is funny. Uh, so this one's about a breakfast club, sort of, but there's a, um, a spirit involved, and, yeah. the, and the, the spirit is killing the kids in the school because they're bad. Right, so a slasher movie Yeah. with Saturday Detention. This one was okay. All right. Uh, I would put it in the middle of Crawlers and uh, uh, Valentine, and yeah, it would be right in the middle. I'd put it below both of those movies. Really? Time. Yeah. I predicted the ending the first time I saw that guy. I was like, <laughs> yep, it's that guy. Yep. First minute. <laughs> and it was that guy. Yeah, it was that guy. Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it more than Crawlers. Okay. Because Crawlers, I was just fucking bored throughout the whole yeah. movie. At least there's a sense of mystery in School Spirit, somewhat, even though you know yes. it's the guy. Kind and of. And there's at least some tension there. I think School Spirit never got my hopes up. Crawlers did. Yeah, yeah, same yeah. here. So I was expecting a lot from Crawlers and expecting nothing from School Spirit. And yet, yeah, and nothing school. is what you got. Yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, so uh, how much longer do you think they're going to go with this Into the Dark is it just going to keep going on, or is it just 12 it's movies? It's or... isn't it? So, yeah, I believe so. So, so. I feel like um, as long as he wants it to, Bloomhouse is relatively successful as a yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, production company. Mo- yeah, they produce a lot of stuff, and very cheaply. If you don't want to watch them with me anymore, you I don't do. have to. But there I are some do. I really like, is the thing. Yeah, I want to see, uh, still keep giving this, this series a chance. Yeah. But unfortunately, some of these last ones here have been... Pretty kind of disappointing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Next. 
Next is a movie that I watched on the flight home from California. We were on separate flights and we landed in separate airports. <laughs> um, so I watched Find a... I was curious about this movie and then when it got panned, I was really curious about this movie. This is Lucy in the Sky. Ah, yes. It stars Natalie Portman and John Hamm. And Dan Stevens, who I was watching it on my phone, so that's my excuse for not recognizing him immediately. But also, his hair is brown, he's got a mustache, he changes his voice. He was a little hard to recognize. If it had been a large screen, I would have, but in this case, I didn't. Um, so, this is loosely based on that astronaut who became obsessed with another astronaut. Mm -hmm. Um and she drove across country wearing a diaper so she didn't have to stop oh, yeah. <laughs> to go kind of harass him. Um, true story, that happened. Uh, but they broaden the topic to a female astronaut. It's a female astronaut, so she is already having trouble in her fields, uh, getting noticed, getting to go into space at all. She finally does. And when she comes back, she's just very disconnected with the Earth. She loved being in space so much, and she saw so many things that no one else has seen. She just can't seem to adjust to real life again. Mm. And John Hamm plays the other astronaut who she ends up having an affair with, um, who then kind of rejects her and tells the whatever NASA board that she shouldn't go back to space because she's unstable. Yikes. And that's the story that they pose here, and that's why she drives all the way to wherever uh, okay. to confront him. So they take a, a short story and they make it into a bigger story. And this is another movie I felt like had a lot of potential, but it felt at the end of the day just sort of ingenuine. Hmm, okay. Does that make any sense? I don't even know how to go into that any deeper. Hmm. It felt on top of the clothes right, rather okay. than under the bra. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I felt. But I would recommend it. I don't think it gets like a 22% tomato rating. I don't think that's fair. Mm -hmm. But maybe they walked in with high expectations and were disappointed. And I walked in with no expectations and was like, this isn't that All bad. Like, uh... Yeah, it's just not really good either. Right. The acting's very good. John Hamm, Natalie Portman, Dan Stevens. Um, but they couldn't salvage it. Unfortunately, hmm. I can't pinpoint why it doesn't feel sincere, but it just doesn't. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Lucy in the Sky with Time. <laughs> Insincere. Check it out. <laughs> Next. That's it. Oh, that's it? That's all the movies. Oh, shit. That was a lot of movies. Mm hmm. <sighs> oh, you know what? We did watch another series, too. It was, um, fuck, I can't remember the complete name of it. Uh, it was like a three parter on Netflix about black filmmakers. Oh my gosh, yeah, why didn't I write that down? I don't uh, know. Uh, they need they've got to have us. they got to have us, yes. It's a play on She's Gotta Have It. Yeah. <laughs> and it's about uh, black actors and black producers, directors, and everything through Hollywood. Mm -hmm. uh, it was really interesting. It was cool to see. I like anything about filmmaking, for the yes, most part. So definitely. this was cool, just to see a perspective that I don't get to see a lot. And it was conveyed... Um, in uh, Dolomite is my name a bit mm -hmm. to where uh, and that was kind of uh, a bit different than what we we're what this show was about this one was about how uh, actors in white productions black actors in white productions and everything and how like there were there were no uh, 
kiss interracial kissing right. and holding or even touching and stuff and mm-hmm. uh, some of the actors like Harry Belafonte and everything were like well we found ways to work around that you right. know we mm-hmm. we we found ways to give the middle finger to the United States from doing this you know yeah. into Hollywood so it, it's it's cool you get to there's like a John Singleton they talk about like Jordan Peele's movies lately. They talk about Spike Lee. Spike Lee a yeah. lot was, was was featured a lot. So it's cool to see these these filmmakers are being presented here and telling their story. Mm-hmm. So I I can really appreciate that. Yeah, it starts with the the old movies where yeah they weren't allowed to touch each other at yeah. all or have any sort of romantic relationships or for villains or right uh, or their villains the or help. And then it dives into always playing thugs. It goes into um, the Hollywood Shuffle, which is oh my yeah. god, help me. <laughs> which is oh, uh, what's his face? Um, oh my god, I'm the worst, you I guys. Know, you actually have seen Hollywood I've Shuffle. I've seen it. And during this, and you Stuart kept talking Townsend, about Stuart Townsend. I, yeah, I was th- throughout the movie. I was like, you know, they really should. Wait, is it Stuart Townsend? I don't think that's no, right. It's not, Robert yeah, Townsend. Robert Townsend. I'm sorry, Stuart Townsend's the. We're the worst. Yeah, I know. Because uh, um, you were talking about how unbelievably underrated he, he is. He is. He really right. is. Yeah. Uh, he did tons of stuff, tons of movies, yeah. tons of TV shows, and a lot of his own shit. He decided, I'm just going to start writing my own movies. Yeah. Yeah. He was talking about how during like 70s and 80s, the mainstream movies, there'd be one black ensemble cast black movie, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. in the cinema and like he was like uh, okay what are we doing next he's like oh you already did your role and you already you're already <laughs> right. in the black movie this year you gotta wait for next yes, year exactly kind of so he's like fuck that I'm gonna make my own movies and the Hollywood Shuffle is an R-rated movie I saw it with my dad and my dad thought it was hilarious and Keenan Ivory Waynes is in it so and I loved In Living Color so mm-hmm. I was like alright I'm all about this <laughs> and I'll, there's like segments of it where he he's playing a thug and then they say cut, and then he's actually like a classically trained actor, <laughs> and he has this school of acting for black people that's led by white men <laughs> teaching them how to be thugs. <laughs> it's it's amazing. It was before its time, or maybe it wasn't. It's from 1987. Um, so yeah, great stuff. We should have been paying attention, and we weren't. I was paying attention. No, no, no. I mean, in 1987. Oh, well, I was. <laughs> We were seven. I was still watching Aliens. That <laughs> made it harder. <laughs> for the hundredth time, probably. Yeah. We're paying attention now. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, they've got to have us. That's on Netflix. Yeah. I, think, I believe it's only three episodes. I think so, too. Three or four. Yeah, we got through it real fast. We did, yeah. So, yeah. Check it out. And I think that's about it for our little mini reviews before we hit our movie of the week, which is coming up next. Mm-hmm. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Our movie of the week is the 1984 fantasy adventure film, Crawl. 
I finally watched it with you. I, I've been threatening this movie for so long. Uh, over years. a decade. And you I finally saw it. I actually don't know. After I watched it, while I was watching it, I kept thinking, how did no one get me to watch this movie? Like, how could was I completely unconvinced? I know. I like, resisted what? for so long. Why? Why did you, why did you like... I don't know, because it's the kind of movie that looks like if I were a kid... <clears throat> And I saw it, I would have loved it. Mm -hmm. But I wasn't, and so I didn't want to watch something and dislike it. And then as right. I was watching it, I thought, man, if I were a kid, I would have loved this. Yes. And then it would have had that nostalgia value yes. for me. Yeah. Which is very high for me. Mm -hmm. Very. I, I've seen Crawl, directed by Peter Yates, a bunch of times when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times I would watch it, I would kind of catch it somewhat in the middle. Until finally when I was a little older, I got to see it from the beginning, and uh, I just kind of, I loved this movie when I was a kid. Um, but we'll see if my mind has changed going forward oh, in this, right. in this, uh, this episode. Because I was a little bit blown away at how much I liked this movie. No fucking shit, no really. No shit, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Okay, so right, we'll start with the movie. Crawl. Now, do you know what Crawl is? No. Crawl is the planet they're on. Okay. Okay, because I didn't know that for the longest time oh, either. Oh, good, because I don't remember them ever saying that. Because I always called the the glaive that spiky thing he has that that boomerang thing. Mm -hmm. I always thought that was the crawl. Oh, I see. <laughs> but it's called the glaive. Yeah, I guess I kept thought I thought you kept saying the blave. The, the like, blave. Yeah. The bluff. That's what I thought you were saying. No, the glaive. Like, oh, it's the blave. Mm. Mm -mm. Okay. Um. So yeah, this movie is about. Um, it opens up with this huge rock formation in outer space, mm -hmm. and then uh, plays all the title and everything, uh, and this this mountainous fucking castle lands on this planet, Kroll, and it has two suns, mm -hmm. and it kind of starts off like a, an unseen war that happens between the, the humans on this planet and this demon guy who, I guess, drives this fucking mountainous castle around and lands on planets and overrules them and travels somewhere else, I guess, kind of thing. Um, and he has, like, these Stormtrooper-esque alien guys <laughs> right. that he employs. Mm -hmm. uh, so, yeah, this is somewhat of a rip-off between kind of like Indiana Jones and Star Wars. Yeah, kind of. It's what it kind of goes for in here. Because I wrote down, yeah, sort of medieval times in space. Somewhat. That's how of. it originally yeah. was supposed to be, like right. a medieval movie. And I'm so glad they didn't. Mm -hmm. and, they, and they incorporated, like, the, the science fiction-y kind of elements, like laser blasts and yeah. shit. Like, the aliens in this movie, when they attack, like, uh, our hero and um, his princess... At his castle, they have, like, these laser guns that they use, and then they turn into staffs, and then they, they kind of massacre all these people because there's this wedding going on to where these two kingdoms are going to come together and rule and take care of and defeat the bad guys. And it's there's a prophecy that their child will rule the galaxy. Right. Yeah. Uh, yes, yeah. They're, they're, they will rule that... They will rule Crawl, and their, and their kid will rule the galaxy. There's mm -hmm. this prophecy, so... Uh, so this is all happening kind of right in the middle of the movie. Like, right after our credits, we get to see our hero, Colwyn, who's played by Ken Marshall, mm -hmm. who really didn't take off. He was in, like, bit parts and TV shows and stuff, and he still kind of is. But he uh, he really didn't take off. He he was like uh, a light, uh, Patrick Swayze light. 
I like to call him. Oh, okay. Um, that's, that's who he kind of reminded me of, and that's his charisma yeah, in the movie is really cool, it. though. I, I like his, his great charisma in this movie. Um, the His princess in this movie, I forgot her name, uh, her name is Lissa. Lissa. Oh, oh, sorry. Well, I was I like, how do you forget her name? <laughs> they say it in the movie so much. She, <laughs> her name uh, is Lisette Anthony. Lisette Anthony, right. Yeah. So when they filmed this movie, she was only, I want to say, 16 or 17. She looks really young. She is yeah. very young. Mm-hmm. And they overdubbed her voice, too. Interesting. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, I remember listening to the commentary of this movie when I bought the DVD, which we watched it on. How she was twenty. Was she twenty? Yeah. Oh. How, why did they decide to dub her? I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe your voice just sucked, or yeah, I don't know, it wasn't convincing, or something. Or I maybe do. it was like a British accent, and they kind of wanted to make it more American. I guess because I, I guess Ken Marshall's is never. I mean, it's American. Yeah. Isn't it? yeah. Yeah. But there's a lot. This, well, this movie was filmed in uh, London in Pinewood right. Studios, mm-hmm. and that's like one of the biggest stages they have or all these different studios there in Pinewood uh, which they used for like Star Wars I believe um, some James Bond no they use a different one for James Bond I think well, I'm not 100% on that okay but uh, yeah these are huge sets that they built in this, this this movie there's probably like eight or nine different sets all built and not a lot of this movie is shot outside in like reality it's all on sets and a lot of it's really impressive. There's a scene later on in the movie where they, they're kind of in this quick sandy fucking uh, like yeah. sand area with trees, and then there's like shrubbery and like colors and stuff. Quicksand was in everything. Yeah, like... and then every like and as a kid, of course, every, every kid's afraid of quicksand. Right. Like, Except never our, see it. do kids now even know what quicksand yeah, is? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So that was anyway. a really great set built yes, for that. Sorry, I, it was. I, I didn't even know that was a set until I read about it later on. And yeah, it looks really cool. They spent uh, probably like about twenty, thirty million back in the eighties, which is a lot. Yeah. For set making. You can tell, then. even the effects for nineteen eighty three. We're good, yeah, they're good. good. Yeah. yeah. When you watch this movie too, you have to remember. Like the effects weren't as great back then. They were right. coming up, but you know, mm-hmm. they weren't as great. <clears throat> but they look really good in this one. Yeah, we watched a review of Veronica, which thank God I never saw. <laughs> uh, it looks terrible. Uh, and if you um, haven't listened to my Veronica episode yet, go ahead, take uh, give it a back. listen. I had it out before everyone else, so See, it I debuted. You saw it at the music box where it debuted. Yeah. Yep, and I got the episode out first, yeah. fuckers. Yep. So that review, and it was a video review, YouTube review. So he showed a bunch of clips, and then we watched Crawl immediately after that, and I kept thinking. Veronica was made last year, and the effects are so unbelievably terrible. Just so lazy. I guess I didn't know how... I kept comparing it to the crawl effects, which were really good. And I guess I thought maybe they made that cheaply, but uh, apparently they spent a lot of money. Yes, they did. They spent a lot of money. And unfortunately, it didn't do all that well at the box office. It only recouped about half of what Mm -hmm. they spent on it. But throughout time, it's, it's gotten more of a following... It's appeared in movies like Pineapple Express and stuff, and it, it, it's mentioned in like Family Guy a bunch of times. Mm-hmm. So, um, oh, from there, um, the the aliens attack the Colwyn and Alyssa, and they take Lissa away, and then they shoot Corwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the thing is, too, right before that, is like they do get married, and they vow have vows for each other. So, but this alien wants to marry her too but he can't so throughout the movie he's trying to kill colin 
Yeah, and what's the vow? It has to do with sharing fire. Right, like yes. Giving my fire or something exactly. like that. Exactly. She has the ability to make fire. Yeah, I got him yeah. water or something, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Them together are going to rule the world, which right. it pretty much says in the beginning. So mm-hmm. they, they have the power. Uh, but they're attacked. Coleman is shot, and he might have been killed, but there's like an old seer who comes down uh, from like the mountains or wherever, mm-hmm. and he revives Coleman. And they get to talk, and he's like, uh, well, you guys are going to be running this fucking planet, so we got to get you, we got to get her out of there. And mm-hmm. he's like, okay, I'll follow you. And then they they start off on their fellowship to go... Um, they do, it yeah, is. So, to go... Uh, <laughs> First, just the two of them, just uh, like yeah, fellowship. For now, and so they meet <laughs> some other characters. So they they go on their way, and while they're on their way, the, the old guy... What's his name? Aaron or it, they all have goofy fucking names. It's uh, it, 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 the the actor's name is Freddie Jones, who is actually Toby Jones's dad. Ener and wow. Ener, yeah. Hmm. Um, I did yeah. not know that. Yeah, he was he was a pretty big British actor. Died last year. Oh. But yeah, he uh, yeah Toby Jones's son, his oldest son. Hmm. So um, the old guy, Ener or Ener or whatever, tells that uh, Colin that he has to go get this this weapon to defeat the bad guy mm-hmm. up in this mountain. Uh, it's called the glaive. It looks like a, a five-pointed boomerang that with claws that come out of it. Yeah. And he goes and he recovers it and comes down from the mountain. He's like, all right. Uh, the the old seer guy's like, okay, don't use it unless until you need to use it. And you'll know when you need to use right, it. Right, yeah. yeah. So then, so then uh, they start making their way towards the castle, which is called Castle Black. Uh, but with this castle... Every 24 hours or every day, it relocates to another area, so mm-hmm. you're never really able to catch up to it. So from there on, they go to meet this old wizard dude, and on their way there, they end up meeting a band of like nine different criminals who escaped <coughs> uh, capture, which uh, one of them is Liam Neeson. Mm-hmm. Another one is Robbie Coltrane. Who has like, what? Two lines. Robbie Coltrane has about eight lines in the movie. Okay, you just eight, missed fine. them. I did, but he he does have a big presence in the movies. He's Same always there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. he's there. Uh, along with with Longshanks, I want to say was that no, it wasn't Longshanks. It was the one guy from Braveheart. Yeah, who he, he was smashes from in the head with a mace while he's sleeping. Yeah. That guy, one of the guys who ends up betraying him. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, yes. Alan Armstrong. Right. Yeah. He's in this movie also. He's kind of like the leader of the the band of misfits. Mm-hmm. So they find out that Colwyn is actually the king because he unlocks all their shackles for them. And so mm-hmm. they end up following him on this fellowship. Um, right before then, I believe... Yeah, it was right before they even meet those guys, which I'm fucking this up now. They, uh, they're they chilling by like this little pond, uh, Colwyn and oh, yeah. Eater, and like this comet comes out of nowhere and crashes in the pond and it's like this just this goofy dude his name's ergo mm-hmm. <coughs> he's like a shapeshifter dude he can like call say these different spells and he can turn into like a duck or a goose or... except that he's always trying to turn you into a duck like the yeah. other people into a duck or goose and, or and he keeps pig. turning himself into something yeah right uh <laughs> it is the comic relief of the movie which yeah. is needed in this movie because if they didn't have it, this movie would be playing itself too fucking seriously. So yeah. they needed Ergo, which I like. His name is Ergo. <laughs> um, from there on, the the fellowship even bigger now, and then they they start going through that one set I was talking about earlier, like that swampy, quick sandy 
fucking place, mm-hmm. and they're assaulted by some of the some of the white stormtrooper guys. They're called <laughs> Slayers, actually. Okay. They're uh, the Slayers find them there because in this area, evil can't project himself there, so they're kind oh, of okay. safe. So he has to send like all of his stormtrooper Slayers there to go and kill Colin because. Mm-hmm. Killing Colin will end everything, and he can marry Lissa and do a, move on to another planet or whatever. Uh, from there, after they kill the Slayers, and one of the guys gets killed, and another one gets eaten by the quicksand, the old magician dude who's blind, he can't see anything, he was going to show Colin and everyone where to go, uh, is attacked and by a shapeshifter, or, or a changeling, mm-hmm. as, they, as they call him, and uh, our wizard dude is killed. And the changeling ends up telling Colwyn, like, hey, we have to go this way. Uh, I have to tell you something. We have to show you this. Um, but before that, though, they actually met my favorite character of this movie, which I've, I've been waiting to talk about. It is the, um, it's the Cyclops mm-hmm. in this movie. And he's, he's the fucking best character in this movie. He's the, ba- he's the badass of this movie. Um, He's been following this whole, all these guys around, while they've been, you know, um, trying to get to, right. to listen and everything. Fellowshipping. So, who kind of just follows them around for a while before joining them? Oh man, I'm sure I'll figure it out yeah. eventually. Uh, so he actually senses and sees that the the wizard has been killed, and then he throws like this trident thing and kills the changeling guy. Joins up with the, <clears throat> the fellowship and everything, and they kind of tell us a bit about the Cyclops and that the Cyclops were actually humans at some point and they made a deal with the the bad guy at, at Castle Black that um, if uh, we'll pledge our allegiance to you if you give us something in return if you let us see the future so they made that deal um, but the bad guy transformed them into Cyclops and yeah he did let them see into the future but only their own death. Yes. Which is really sad. <laughs> so, um, so from there, uh, and the Cyclops is huge too, and him yeah. and Ergo kind of had started a little relationship too together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the wizard had like a little trainee with him, like this 12 year old kid, and Ergo mm-hmm. and him kind of have a relationship too. Yeah. So it's a cool little relationships that the fellowship has between each other throughout mm-hmm. this movie. Like there's one between Liam Neeson, Robbie Coltrane, and uh, they have their own little little things going on so there's all these cool little relationships going on it's just not something straightforward uh colin isn't like the main character the whole time right so Mm -hmm. i I really like that because it would have gotten boring if it was just Mm -hmm. following that guy we got to character development we got some more guys in there so from there on they they keep going place to place and their their next stop is because they don't know when the castle black is going to be there anymore because the the old dude died was killed Mm -hmm. and the um uh, the the seer who saved Colin is like you know I had I might know a way to to find out where Castle Black is next but none of you guys can come with me I gotta go alone I might not come back who knows and so he leaves on his little expedition to go to this kind of like this mountain where this web like the spider web is called uh, and it's called the Widow of the Web also a cool set yeah yes a very cool set. Mm-hmm. Where um, he he needs to speak to this wise widow of the web, which will let him know where Castle Black's going to be next. But people who have entered there have never exited, and because there's this big, huge, 
albino spider, which looks way fucking better than the albino spider in, in Veronica. That's what made me think of it. Like, <laughs> wow, this is 1983, and that spider's way better. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's all I'm going to say. About Veronica, you're not worth my time. No, yeah. it really isn't. <laughs> don't pay the money for that either. Please just don't. Bootleg that shit. You're just encouraging him. <laughs> don't encourage Danzig. Him, I mean Danzig, yeah. <laughs> So we, we end up learning out that he he visits the widow in the web and he calls out her name, which is Lissa also. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I've never heard that I haven't heard that name in a long time. I've been trapped in this web for so long because um, they were together at one point in time and he Either, left yeah. her and she had a child and he never knew and so she killed that child because mm-hmm. she was very upset that he never came back. Mm-hmm. And so she was put into this web for the rest of her life, and she can't leave. <coughs> and if she tries to leave, the spider's going to kill her, and yada yada, but she's smart and everything, so... It's, it's a just, pretty beautiful scene. I got a little verklempt. It is, because, yeah. um, like, he forgives her, and he says, hey, there's another Lissa, mm-hmm. and her and Colwyn are going to be, are going to rule this, this land, and we need to know where Castle Black is going to be next. So she tells him, but she's like, you know what? You can't leave here, though. The spider's going to get you. And he's like, well, I have to. I have to go or else everyone's going to die. So she ends up sacrificing herself. She breaks, like, this hourglass that gives him enough time to leave, but he has to hold on to some of this sand that's in the hourglass so he can live also. Because once this hourglass runs out for him, he's die. He's gonna die also. Yeah, and I knew that he had to, but he's just holding it in his hand yeah. the whole time, and I'm like, put some in your pocket yeah. or something. <laughs> you got tons of pockets. You have a little <laughs> satchel with you. Put it in there. <laughs> so he holds on to the sand. He leaves, and the spider ends up killing Lissa in the uh, in the web. There, he gets back down to Colin, and tells him where Castle Black is gonna be, and from there. Uh, all of our guys are like, all right, let's go to Castle Black. How are we going to get there? It's a thousand miles away because it's in the Iron Desert and we're somewhere else right now. And the Cyclops is like, fire mares. <laughs> yeah. Fire mares. Fire mares. <laughs> uh, they're Clydesdale horses that can yeah. go really fast mm-hmm. on fire. So he, he tells them, hey, um, yeah, click at these and you can get there really quickly. So they end up finding these horses. And um, and at that point, the Cyclops is like, hey, um, I gotta let you guys go. It's my time now. I can't go on this journey with you. And they're like, oh, fuck, no. He's like our best fighter and everything. So mm-hmm. he, he stays behind. And this is the start of the fucking movie right here is when they ride the fire mares. Mm-hmm. Now, what I haven't said just yet about this movie is that this is probably my favorite score of any movie ever. Yeah. This movie's score is fucking fantastic. It's better than the movie. It is. I'll give you that. It is better than the fucking movie. And I liked the movie. It's uh, James Horner, one of of his earlier scores. He did this one right after The Wrath of Khan, and he did another one right before that, which was kind of good, too. I forgot what it was, but... Yeah, and you mentioned that maybe this score reminds me of The Wrath of Khan, and maybe right. that's what it is, because yes. it felt so familiar to me. And I play it all the time, because yeah. I have the vinyl of it, so mm-hmm. I fucking rip this the, the vinyl all the time, because <laughs> this score is fucking brilliant. It's really it's, good. It's awesome. Yeah. It really pumps you up, and this is this is their, like, their, their final battle going in. They're fucking just 
blasting James Horner music. They're on these fire mares. They're having a great time. Fire like, behind the Clydesdales, yeah, right? And it looks kind of cheesy and shit. Fine, <laughs> whatever. <clears throat> but it's an awesome scene because these guys are going into battle. Mm-hmm. They're fucking all. They're all yoked up and everything. <laughs> they're about to go fuck up Castle Black, and James Horner's score is just ripping. And then they get to Castle Black right before the sun comes up and right before the castle's going to move again. And unfortunately, like, the, the bad guy anticipated this and all the, the Slayer stormtroopers come out and start killing some of the guys and everything. And they don't know how they're going to go into this castle. But while they're cutting through this, we get to see, like, the whole fire mare scene again, but with only one horse. And you see it from afar. But you get the idea that this fire horse coming across coming to join them is the Cyclops. So he kind of like said, fuck fate, and just went and met up with them. And just, mm-hmm. It's one of those moments like, ah, come on, you yeah. fucking Cyclops! And he comes and he, you know, he starts, he gets, takes a couple hits, he's knocking out these slayers, the doors are starting to close on this castle, and he's blocking them, and he's letting all the other guys in and everything, and he's like, like, oh, and he gets squished, and he gets killed in the door. Yeah, and he can't escape his face. He can't, no, but that was so fucking cool, mm-hmm. that whole party just risked everything and went in there. It's like, it's one, it's generally like one of those fuck yeah moments of yeah. a movie, and it's right there. I think it kind of rivals <clears throat> even the fuck yeah moment in Star Wars A New Hope, where where Darth Vader is about to blow away Luke Skywalker in the X-Wing, and then Han Solo comes in and wastes people, and yeah, kind of thing. Wait, did you say on par or better? I'm going to say on par with that. Okay. I'll say on par. Because, yeah, it's just one of those fuck yeah moments. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately he dies, but I think that, that makes the gesture more grand. Agreed. I like it a lot more, because if he would have lived, it wouldn't have been as cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, and he can't. I mean, they yeah. kept talking about how you can't escape your fate until yeah. you die. So then that's when we get to uh, Castle Black inside. Inside looks really cool. It's just mm-hmm. it's something I've really never seen before. It's like skeletal reptilian skeleton. Right, sort and, of. and later on in the movie when the, the, the castle is eroding and everything, you kind of see that it's actually a living thing too because mm-hmm. it's bleeding. You don't really see, they don't really give you a close-up of it bleeding, but you see in the backgrounds of different parts, it's like kind of bleeding greenish blood and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, our heroes make it there and um, Colin is going through all the shit. All the other guys are fighting whomever. Ergo and the little kid get split up from everyone. Uh, Ergo turns himself into a tiger, a tiger on purpose this time. Yeah, and he, and he ends up <laughs> killing a couple of the slayers. He gets mm-hmm. shot himself. <coughs> the Robbie Coltrane gets killed right before he gets into the castle. Yeah, Hagrid. Yeah, Liam Neeson gets wasted when he's trying to kill, uh, when he's trying to save uh, the other main guy. Um, I keep forgetting his Tur- tor- tor- Turmoil. Turquil. Turquil. Goofy names in this movie. <laughs> uh, and Colin finally reaches like the epicenter where Lissa is. And he finally uses the fucking glaive, which he's had throughout the whole movie. Because we got to wait until you know when to use they it. They should have used the glaive <laughs> more in the movie. Okay. No, I definitely think. I mean, they say at the beginning, or when he gets it, when do I, how do I use this? You'll know when to use it. You'll know when to use it. Yeah. So he ends up uh, cutting a hole in like this prison where Lissa is. And Lissa comes out. They share a moment together. He ends up firing the glaive at the bad guy, who's about 20 feet tall, and he's big, ugly-looking monster. Uh, hits him right in the stomach, and the glaive kind of sticks in him, and he can't get the glaive out. So they're like, all right, fuck it, let's get the hell out of here. Let's mm-hmm. escape with 
whomever. And so as they're, as they're running away, they end up meeting the bad guy again because the glaive didn't kill him. Mm-hmm. And we end up we end up finding out that the glaive was pretty much just the magic feather. Yep. The whole time, and that their love and that the fire that they had between them was the real power. It's cool. Yes. Especially for 1983 and like a medieval times type of movie. Because you only really see her as the damsel in distress for the whole movie. Yeah, because they and cut then, back and forth throughout the movie showing her in the castle with the demon and yeah. everything. And, and she's rejecting him yes. the whole time. I mean, she's being strong, but she still needs to be saved. And then this is the point where, uh, what's the main character? Colwyn realizes <coughs> that he can't save her alone. Mm-hmm. She, he says something like, Lissa, it's us. Yeah. Like, she gave him enough power to yeah. get them both out, which mm-hmm. is... 1983 Medieval Times movie. Not bad. before it's time, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So they end up killing him, but they flame him. Um, they escape along with Ergo and a little guy and two of the thieves. They, they escape Castle Black, which kind of fires back up into outer space piece by piece. Mm-hmm. So it explodes backwards, I guess, in a way. I don't know. And never be seen again. And that's pretty much it. That's the movie. Everyone laughs at the end. They're having, you know, they won. Yeah, and they say the prop like there's a narrator that says the prophecy again about, mm-hmm. and then this this child shall rule the galaxy. Right. Yeah, which they said right in the beginning. Yeah. They say it right mm-hmm. at the end. Um. So yeah, uh, <laughs> I've been waiting a long time to do this movie because it this movie gets a lot of shit. Does this, it? it? Yeah, they riff track this movie. Oh, I want to see that. I want to see it now, too. I'm happy you saw it before First, the Rift Tracks. For sure. That would erect it. <laughs> it would have, But I yes. do feel like Rift Tracks are funnier when the movie's actually not bad. Usually. Yeah, yeah. I mean, usually, there's also, yeah. like, Hobgoblins and Pod People. Oh, yeah, but which are just horrible. The Silent Earth, I feel like it's not that bad of a movie. No, no. And it's that's what makes the Rift Tracks so funny. And I bet <laughs> this, too. And Starship Troopers, fine. I think it's stupid. But it's not that bad. No, Starship Troopers is fucking awesome. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so yeah, uh, thirty kills in this movie. Mm-hmm. Nah, no, no good parts. No, wait a minute. I want to back up because you were kind of cryptic about how you might have changed your feelings about this movie watching it this time around. I know it's building suspense for the podcast. I fucking love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> were you bracing yourself that I didn't? I mean, I no, told you yesterday no, no, that no. I did. No, yeah. but you really didn't say too much about it, I didn't though. Want you to. didn't want yeah. to just yet, which mm-hmm. is good. Yeah, don't tell me. We'll wait for the podcast. So yeah, I'm usually surprised sometimes when you say we like something or not because you were just like did not want to watch this movie for so just, long. I don't know. Yeah, it just didn't seem like a movie I was gonna like at this point in my life. Mm. Or and like in my twenties, it's probably the first time that I'd heard of it, and I was just like, nah. Yeah, nah, I'm good. So. <laughs> no crawl for me. Yeah. Uh, I give so this movie a B plus. And 30 kills, no breasts, nope. favorite part? Uh, my favorite part is what, what it's the fire mare scene. The fuck yeah part. Yeah, because mm-hmm. there's, even on the album I have, is it's called Ride of the Fire Mares. Okay. And it reminds me of like a Ride of the Valkyries kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's just my fucking, it, that scene is intense. And it just really pumps you up for the, 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 the climax of this movie. Sure, uh, there are some parts that are a little slow. I would probably cut about ten minutes from this movie. It felt like parts. it was more than two hours, and it's not. It's not. Yeah, no. that's I think my only real issue with it. Other, yeah, just just the runtime of it. Mm-hmm. And 
cut out little pieces they could have little bits exactly like just the scene went on for a little bit too long like yes. my favorite part is the spider web and that whole scene yeah that's a cool scene yes however comma it takes him a really long time yeah, to there. get in there and then it takes him a really long time to get out again yeah. and like we know you're gonna get in we know you're gonna get out let's just, fucking let's do, just it. do it come on yeah. I'm sure the producer's like, now we gotta show off this albino spider. Right, and it's cool, don't get me wrong. Yeah, it's a cool stop-motion animation yeah. spider. little pieces like that. But it was, it, I, uh, your grade? Uh, B+. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good movie. Yeah. This movie gets shit on too much. It does. Because when it gets put up against movies like Star Wars or Indiana Jones, no, it's not as good as those movies, but it's mm. still good. Might be as good as Star Wars. What, A New Hope? Yeah. I wouldn't say it's as good as a new home. <laughs> I know you wouldn't. <laughs> I know, but yeah. I might. <laughs> but crawl, everyone. Yeah. Check it out. Check it's, it out. If you haven't yet, check it out. If you have and you didn't like it before, maybe give it another chance. We watched it on DVD because you have it, uh-huh. um, and you got to me. You got to it before I could, <laughs> before I could rent it. But you can rent it on Amazon Prime if you don't have it. You should. Fucking great movie. Yeah. Soundtrack score of the movie. So good. Fantastic. Yeah. My favorite soundtrack, even over Aliens. I feel like I've asked you more than once when you're in here listening to records what you're listening to, and you're like, Crawl. And I'm like, Crawl, man. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> I got that album for like $5. Yeah. Fucking steal for James Horner, man. It's wildly underrated. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know anything about the ratings, but you just said people hate it. Yeah. It, it, I don't know they, why. Or they fuck with it. Or yeah. Kind of, but this movie is really good. Mm-hmm. I, I enjoy it every time I see it. Uh, I like to catch it halfway through because the first half is a little slow and it takes a little while to kind of ramp up. But once you get to the to the scene where they're in the the swampy sandy place, mm-hmm. then that's when it really starts to pick Agreed. up. And yeah, and there's mm-hmm. a lot of payoff. Fucking Cyclops is awesome. The story <laughs> is in there is awesome. Check this one out, please. Um, yeah. Well, I hope you enjoyed the show this time. Uh, we'll be back next week. Do you know our movie of the week yet? Oh, yes, I do, oh, man. boy, I don't. It's a fucking Harvey Keitel movie. You're going to love to hate it. It's isn't it? Uh, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> think I haven't met you before? Yeah, shut up. Nah, maybe not. Nah, maybe it's a different Harvey <laughs> Keitel movie. Nah, yeah, it's a bad lieutenant. Bad <laughs> lieutenant's going to be next week. That's a that's a tough one. It's, it's, a, it's a rough watch, but it's... It's a uh, it's a good movie. Uh, okay. Another cool Abel Ferreira movie. So uh, thank you guys for checking us out this week. Check out Tyrell's podcast, The Big Box Movie Club. Uh, I'm going to have some more episodes coming up soon. So see you next week. Thanks for listening.